1, Deuteronomy chapter number 1 this morning. We're walking through an overview of the Pentateuch uh, in our Sunday school lessons. I think this is lesson 23, 24. I'll try to go, go over with you maybe next week, try to let you know exactly where we're at on these. But we're getting closer to the end of these uh, lessons. I think we've got about six lessons in Deuteronomy. This will be the first one. And again, then we'll finish this first section or first uh, grouping of lessons on this overview of the Bible. And so this morning, I want to talk to you a little familiar. Some of you, if you've been in our church any length of time, uh, you've heard me make this statement 11 days or 40 years. If you've been here, oh, I don't have my uh, dates in front of me, how many years ago I would have preached this particular thought. Uh, but to me, it's uh, both interesting and powerful when you think about the children of Israel could have been uh, in the promised land in 11 days, and it took them 40 years. And what a picture of we as Christians doing the same. So for some of you this morning, this might be a, um, a little bit repetitive uh, in, as far as knowing what the thought's talking about, but it's not repetitive when it comes to life as far as living it and doing it. So again, I hope this morning will bring us under conviction of where we should be as Christians and when we're not and what the Lord could do for us if we would just simply just trust Him. And again, we'll look at these things together this morning. Let's go ahead and uh, start with prayer this morning. Would you ask the Lord to help you this morning as I pray out loud? Heavenly Father, you said man should not live by bread alone. And Lord, every time we open the scriptures, uh, sometimes it's seemingly uh, um, repetitive in that sense of uh, Lord praying. But Father, again, we just thank you for the food we're about to receive from your word. And then Lord, again, would you nourish it to our spirituality and our life. And Lord, help us again to take what you teach us and apply. Lord, thank you for the visitors with us this morning, as well as the church family. And Lord, just ask you again, you again, work in our lives today, in this service, as well as each of them uh, throughout the day today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, Deuteronomy chapter number one, look at your Bible now, pick it up in verse number one. Deuteronomy one, verse number one, these be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side, Jordan, in the wilderness. All right, now church family, let's stop for just a moment here. We understand the Jordan River was the, basically the borderline for the children of Israel going into the promised land. So they're right on this side, not on the side of Canaan, but on this side before going in. And of course, the book of Deuteronomy means second law. Moses is going over the law basically a second time. It's not a new law. He's just going over what he's already gone over with the children of Israel. But that first generation is going to die in the wilderness because of their unbelief and, uh, with the 12 spies. So here he's going over the second law. He's on this side of Jordan. Look what he says now in verse number two. There are 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. Now there's two places mentioned in verse number two. Horeb and Kadesh Barnea, all right? Horeb is, is Mount Sinai, all right? Same, same place, just different wording, but uh, Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, same place. We understand Mount Sinai because that's where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, all right? So Mount Sinai, he got the Ten Commandments, and that's where he's at. He said there's 11 days journey from where they got the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. Now, we understand that Kadesh Barnea was the place that the 12 spies went in. Remember, they got the, Kadesh Barnea was the border of the promised land. They got the chance, to, uh, opportunity to go in. And instead of going in, they send 12 spies in, 10 come back, give a bad report, two come back, give a good report. That's Kadesh Barnea. From there, they have to wander in the wilderness for how long? All right, 40 years, all right? We want us in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, we understand that story. So what he says here in verse number two, he said, you are 11 days from the promised land to Kadesh Barnea, Kadesh Barnea being the border to go into the promised land. You were 11 days, and now it's the 40th year. And that's the thought this morning is 11 days or 40 years. And this chapter number one of Deuteronomy, when Moses is going over with the second generation, he is basically going to tell them why they were wandering for 40 years instead of going in for in 11 days. Now, can I tell you that we as Christians, oftentimes we miss what God has for us. 
And, and Trisha, when you think of 11 days or 40 years, the significance is not the time. The significance is, is any portion of time that we're not in the center of God's will. All right, so when you say 11 days, 40 years, you think to yourself, well, is it going to be 40 years before God does something in my life? That's not the significance. The question is, will it be one minute or one day or one month or one year? How long is it going to take for you to be in God's perfect will for your life? And, how, and what, are, what are you going to do to miss God's will for your life as far as what God wants for, for us as Christians? I'm glad the young people are with us this morning. But you understand that uh, it doesn't matter what age you are. If you're alive, God's got a perfect will for your life, and he wants you in the promised land. Amen. I know that uh, we make the application that the promised land is heaven, but I think more true to the application, not that, not that the promised land, heaven, there's nothing wrong with that. We're promised of heaven also, amen? amen. But, the, but Canaan land, I think the truer picture is really the victorious Christian life, and I want to tell you why, is because you don't get to the border of the promised land if that's a picture of heaven, and because of, you know, I don't think we can go in, you're not going to go in. If I'm going to heaven, I'm going to heaven. So because uh, of eter eternal security, obviously we understand from the scriptures, we put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I'm on my way to heaven. The truer picture of Canaan land is a picture of the victorious Christian life. God doesn't want you to wander in your Christian life. He doesn't want you to be in the wilderness. He wants you to be in Canaan land. What's Canaan land? It's the land that floweth with milk and honey. It's the, it's the land of God's promise. It's, 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 if we can say the New Testament picture, fullness of joy. Being able to enjoy the Christian life and being able to be where God wants you to be and doing what God wants you to do. What should we be doing in our Christian life? We should be where God wants to be. We should be doing what God wants us to do. Now, we miss that. All right? And, and sometimes we miss it for a portion of time. And it's not just 11 days or 40 years. It's any amount of time that I'm not doing what God wants me to do. All right? So this morning, I want to deal with that thought this morning, 11 days or 40 years. And I want to look at this chapter number one of Deuteronomy. And I want to show you what Moses said was the cause for them missing God's blessings. The cause of missing God's will for their life. All right, so let's quickly run through these this morning and look at them. First one, I want to, again, I could read all of this. I read portions, again, usually for time's sake. But look at verse number 8. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse number 8. Behold, I have set the land before you. What's the next four words? All right, go in and possess the land which the Lord God swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and to give to, unto them and to their seed after them. What did God want? God wanted them to go in and possess, okay? God didn't say send a committee of 12 guys in and find out if we should or not, all right? So we understand that God said, I want you to go in and possess the land of Canaan. Hey, church family, I was talking to a lady one time, and she said, you know, um, I don't need people to tell me what to do, and I can do it in my own way. And church family, God gave us a book to show us how to live our life. It's interesting to me that same lady's been divorced, that same lady, uh, her children are, are a wreck. Can I tell you something? None of us are wise enough to live life on our own. We need God to show us how to live life. Amen. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know, we talk to the young people all the time. God's got a will for your life and you need to do what's right so you can get to whatever God's will is for your life. That doesn't change just because you're out of high school. You've got to do right. You've got to stay in the book. You've got to do what God commands us to do. So here, look what the Bible says. And pick up your Bible. Look at verse, Deuteronomy chapter 1 again, verse number 22. I'm going to jump down now. <clears throat> Let me pick up verse 19. And when we departed from Horeb, we went through all that great and terrible wilderness. Now, remember Horeb being Mount Sinai. We went through all that great and terrible wilderness, which we saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites, as the Lord our God commanded us. And we came to where? <coughs> 
All right? That's the border of going into the promised land, just like Jordan was, but the border. And I said unto you, ye are come unto the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God doth give unto us. In other words, God's already given us the land. Verse 21. Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. What's the next five words? Go up and possess it, as the Lord God of thy fathers has said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. And ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search us out the land, and bring us word again by what way we must go up, and into what cities we shall come. Now, church, let me just stop for a second here. When you read this account in Numbers, uh, it gives the appearance that God's the one that sent the 12, sp 12 spies in. Deuteronomy tells us the fuller story. God never said to send 12 spies in. God said, go in and possess. You know what the bottom line was? The reason they wandered for 40 years and didn't go in in 11 days because they were doing their own thing. That's right. Amen. I mean, all of us are in that predicament. We allow our flesh to tell us what to do instead of the Spirit of God to tell us what to do. And then what we end up doing is we wonder, why am I in this mess? How come I'm not enjoying the Christian life? How come my, my marriage isn't better? How come my children aren't turning out like I want them to or like the Lord would want them to? Can I just tell you that a lot of times the reason it doesn't come out like it's supposed to is because we're doing what we want instead of doing what God wants. Church, I mean, what's the theme of Judges? When you think of the book of Judges, I'll, I'll start you out. You're looking at me a little dumbfounded. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's the book of Judges. That's the theme of the book of Judges. Is that not the battle in the Christian life? The battle of the Christian life is me doing what I want to do or doing what God wants me to do. I was, uh, I don't know if I'll probably hit it in the morning service. I can't remember because so many verses go through. Oh, it was a Sunday school lesson. I'm right. Never mind. But there's a, the verse in 1 John says this, that his commandments are not grievous. It's, it's obeying his commands that show him that we love him. And the truth of the matter is it's a battle between who we love most. Do I love God or do I love me? All right. So what happens is, is I'm wandering in my life, not necessarily 11 days or 40 years, but I'm missing a portion of my life. Just remember, God didn't give uh, Abraham Isaac for 25 years. Isaac did not get a Jacob and Esau for 20 years. You know, sometimes it's God causing us to wait as far as the promise because of whatever he's trying to do in our life or somebody else's. But you know, there's a lot of times it's not God, it's us. And we miss out on what God wants to do in our life, and it's simply because we're trying to do our own thing. I'm trying to work this job. I'm trying to get a retirement. I'm trying to get this particular uh, house or car. Do you understand that God's got a will? And it, it might not be that those things, or whatever those things are in our life, are wrong, but it's wrong if we're doing what we want, not what God wants in our life. Amen. Hey, your priority in life ought to be simply to do the will of God. That's got to be your priority of God. What do you want from my life? All right. So what, what causes a person to wander in the wilderness for 40 years? Not a physical wilderness, but a spiritual wilderness. I want to tell you what causes it when you do your own thing. Hey, God, I think we're going to send 12 spies in. I think we want to check this place out. Now, God already said, go in. Now, there's things in the Bible, God's per permissive will, per perfect will, but God's general will, God's specific will. God's general will is already spelled out in Scripture. Hey, I didn't have to figure out if I should get up and read my Bible this morning. The Bible says, study this so that shall have proven unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I didn't have to wonder, am I supposed to get up and spend time in prayer this morning? He said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Amen. All right, now, do you understand there are things that are completely spelled out in Scripture? I don't have to wonder. All right, so don't do your own thing. Do God's thing. And guess what? Amen. You'll be exactly in the promised land where God wants you, all right? Something else I want you to see this morning. Not only did they do their own thing, look at verse 26. 
Verse 26 says this, notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but what's the next word? But rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. And ye murmured in your tents and said, because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt. You know, isn't it interesting how they wanted to blame God for not going into Canaan land? We as Christians do that all the time. You know, this is God's fault. God shouldn't allow this to happen. God shouldn't be doing this in my life. But really, the truth of the matter is, we're being disobedient to God. In other words, we know what the Bible says. You know, in our society today, when it comes to uh, 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 Christian's apparel, by the way, there is a man's apparel and there is a woman's apparel. You can't get around it in the Bible, okay? And so what's happened is, is that because of our culture, our culture has affected the church, and church has basically taken on the world's culture. And by the way, it's not just dress. It's a host of other things, too. But what we have failed to understand is we don't dress a certain way because the church says to dress a certain way. We dress a certain way because the Bible says to dress a certain way. You know, it's amazing. Uh, Of course, I've been here on 27 years. And 27 years ago, I'd get up and say, listen, a guy ought not to be putting earrings in his ear and necklaces around his neck. He's not a woman. He's a man. You know, if a fellow walks through that back door and he's wearing a dress, we are appalled and sickened in our mind that that fellow would put a girl's, girl's garment on. But we don't have a problem when a girl puts a guy's garment on. Do you understand this is not about what you and I want to do or think is right? We've got to go back to what does the scripture say? And, it, and it's that way in everything. It doesn't matter if it's apparel. It doesn't matter if it's music. It doesn't matter if it's associations. Let God be true and every man a liar. And it's not a matter of, of, of popular opinion. Hey, I want to tell you something. I fight the same flesh you fight. We fight different things, but it all goes back to one thing. Do I do what I want to do or I do what God wants me to do? That's right. All right. So what they were doing is they were being disobedient to God. God said, this is what I want you to do, and they didn't do it. They were disobedient to God. You know, we as Christians, if we're not careful, we miss God's promised land simply because we don't keep his commandments. John 14, 15, if you love me, what? Now think about the first phrase, if you love me. If you love me. I picked up a book, to, uh, actually yesterday, last night, I was studying at McDonald's and a fellow came through and gave me one of his booklets. He's a preacher that I know, but he was traveling through and I was studying. But so anyway, he came in and gave me a one. He says, hey, I wrote a booklet. So he gave me this book. I was opening it up a little bit. And uh, the, he gave me two booklets. One was actually called uh, Letters to My Grandchildren and the other one was... Um, Actually, it's probably because it's on my mind this morning. It was on biblical dress. I read the first couple pages about biblical dress. You know, it, when it comes to us as fellas, now the girls are in here this morning. Let me just talk. You know, it comes to us as fellas. You know, in the Garden of Eden, uh, they were naked. They were naked because there was nobody else. There was just a husband and wife, all righty? And because, obviously, there was no sin involved, okay? When they ate of the fruit, they figured out they were naked. The first thing that they did when they figured out they're naked, the Bible says they made them aprons. The first thing God did was he made them coats, you know, when you go through the Bible, Exodus 28, verse number 42 says that the priest was supposed to cover his nakedness and then it defined it as his loins and his thighs. That's what the Bible says. You know, I want to tell you something. Christians today don't have any problem with a fellow going out and wearing a pair of shorts. Now, I know I'm getting really technical this morning, but can I just tell you something? I'm only being as technical as the scriptures are. And there is no dress code for coming to this church. Zero. Okay. But I'm just trying to teach you from the scriptures, and you're, this is the Sunday school crowd, and since this is school time, let me teach, okay? Do you understand, according to Isaiah chapter 42, chapter 40, I think it's verse number 2, the Bible says that one of the punishments on Babylon was because they did not cover their nakedness, and he defined it as they uncovered the thigh. Now, I'm just trying to tell you that we don't, 
we don't take God at his word. We want it to basically make our lives, we want to make the Bible conform to our lives instead of our lives conforming to the Bible. We're trying to teach our young people down here. It's not a matter of what mom and dad said. It's not a matter of what the preacher says. What does the Bible say? And we've got enough people, especially by way of internet, that they want to describe how the Bible is not true or it's not saying this particular thing or a way to be able to figure out so that I can live my life like I want to and say that, well, the Bible's not really saying that, okay? I'm just trying to tell you the Bible hadn't changed. Our culture has changed. And beyond that, Christianity has changed. And we've changed in so many areas and in areas today that the preacher can't get up and talk about today because everybody's either nervous or they're going to get upset or get offended. I want to just tell you this morning, I love you with all my heart. I pray for you. I care about you. But I want to tell you something that cares about you a whole lot more than I, and that's God. And God wants you to be like him, not like the church, not like Pastor Hanks. He wants you to be like him. And I want to tell you what God wants. He wants you to be able to, to act and look and talk and be a Christian. And I want to tell you something. We become disobedient to the word of God. We've got some of our young people this morning that God has taken them various places. And I'm very, I'm very thankful they've got mom and dad lead them. I'm just thinking about because Martin being with us this morning. There's other ones that are with us. They go to a secular university. Can I just tell you, you can be out in the world and not be worldly. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. You know what my problem is? We want to be like the world. You say, but you're a Christian. I know, but you still have your sinful flesh along with your spirit. So it's a battle going on, and it's a fight going on. And God does not want you to be isolated. God said you're supposed to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. You can't be the light of the world and salt of the earth unless you're in it. But do you understand that as a Christian... There are things when it comes to the obedience of God that we become disobedient because either because of our culture or because of other Christians that are maybe backslidden that say, oh, it's okay, it's not a problem. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. It's not a matter of that. I cannot be disobedient to God. We can, but you know what's going to happen? It's 11 days or 40 years. You can live your entire life and you're going to stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ and you're either going to hear, well done, thou good or faithful servant. I'm not sure what the opposite of that's going to be. I know what we want to hear. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Did you notice the first phrase, good? So what we want to do is we want to live our life and not live our life wandering for 40 years of the lifetime that God gives us because of being disobedient to God and missing that perfect will of God. Missing Canaan land, the fullness of joy, the blessings of life. And I'm going to tell you something, so many people miss it because number one, they're doing their own thing. Number two, because they're disobedient to God and his word. Look at the next thing with me. Look at verse number 28 with me. Verse 28 says, Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have what? Discouraged our hearts, saying the people is greater and taller than we. You know why I think some people miss God's perfect and they just live in God's permissive? Do you know why I sometimes miss the, the, the victorious Christian life? It's because of discouragement. They get discouraged. The children of Israel, they discouraged our heart. We can't go in. They said it can't be done. Remember when David got discouraged? They wanted to stone him. His men there at Ziklag, places burned down, families are all taken captives. And the, his his uh, soldiers said, we just need to kill this guy. He's not a good leader. You know what David did? The Bible says he encouraged himself, what? In the Lord. In the Lord. Hey, it's not that you're not going to have valleys that you're going to walk through in your Christian life, but as you walk through those valleys, realize there's a God that's there with you. He'll help you. He'll take care of you. He can encourage you. 
You know, discouraging times come. Sometimes discouragement comes when we lose people that we love to death. Discouraging times come, person loses a job. Discouraging times come, person's health is taken away. Discouraging times come, somebody that they love said something that was hurtful, that was like a knife, that, that just being critical or negative. We often refer to discouragement sometimes as, you know, when our expectation gets destroyed. What we expected to happen didn't happen. Hey, can I just tell you that those discouraging times are going to come, but it shouldn't cause you to miss God's best for your life. How do you keep you from losing God's or missing God's best for your life? Hey, listen, don't stay discouraged. Get back up on your feet. Start climbing the mountain again. You know why? Because God's there to help you. God will take care of you. So again, discouragement, all right? Next thing, look at this. This is probably the biggest one. Look at verse number 29. What caused them to wander for 40 years instead of getting in there 11 days? Look at verse 29. Then I said unto you, dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Verse 31. And in the wilderness where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bare thee as a man doth bear his son in all the way that ye went until ye came into this place. Now, let me just stop and say this before I read this next verse. Moses is reminding them all that God had done for them. Pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, manna falling down from heaven so that he could feed you with angels food, quail coming so that you could eat meat, rock, water out of a rock. He is talking about all the miracles that God had placed in their life. Now look what he says next in verse number 31, uh, 32, verse 32. Yet in this thing, all right, now what thing is he talking about? This thing of going into the promised land, this thing of, of, of going in and possessing, like God said, yet in this thing, God had promised they could have the land. Look at verse 32. Ye did not what? Believe. Didn't believe. Didn't believe. Hey, you know what caused the person to wander for 11, or I'm sorry, for 40 years instead of getting in, in God's in 11 days? Now, again, that's just a picture of time. But you know what causes us to be outside of God's will and miss God's will for our life? Unbelief. Unbelief. You know, Paul said we walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. Just remember, I, right now, uh, our government, wonderful government, has given most people, but I'm not, I don't know if everybody in here, but a lot of people have gotten a stimulus check, all right? Now, I'm going to throw in Scott Hanks' two cents of opinion here. This is going to come back to bite America. I'm just letting you know, okay? What comes up must come down, Okay? You can't just print money and think it's going to take care of a problem, all right? It doesn't happen, okay? So if I were you, I wouldn't go waste all that money you just got, all right? All right and since I'm here and I'm a Baptist preacher, let me say this. Make sure you tithe on your stimulus. That's income. I got it in. Are you okay? A stimulus to a citizen should be a stimulus to a church. Church doesn't need your money, by the way. We've got a big enough God who don't need your money. But I want to tell you, if you want God's blessing in your life, you should tie it. That's free. Now, I will say this. This idea of our, our living our life based upon what government does for us, that's not how we live our life. We walk by faith, not by government. We, we lean on God. We don't trust the flesh. And, that, and so, again, if we're not careful, you're going to miss God's will for your life because you're wrapped up in the things of this world instead of just simply trusting God. The church family, if God tarries this coming and the other end of this thing comes, what are you going to do when you don't have any money? What are you going to do when you lose your job? I'm just trying to say that 
it's, it's the same amount of faith to be on a mountain than it is to be on a valley. Now, I know it's a different outlook on life, but it's still faith. You should have faith in prosperity. You should have faith in poverty. It's not what I have in the bank. It's what I have in God. Amen. You want to be in God's perfect way for your life? Trust him. You want to, you want to enjoy the, the victorious Christian life? Then believe. Take God at his word. You know, it's almost like spanking a child. You know, we can't understand how spanking a child draws that child to us, okay? God says, withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him the rod, uh, thou shalt deliver his soul from hell. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him But time. We don't understand how does spanking cause my child to love me, or how does spanking cause my child? You know, God spells it out in Revelation. He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, all right? It doesn't make sense. But, you know, it's going back to I have to believe God. I have to believe God. And it, it's that, by the way, it's that way in every area of our life. It's not just finances and just child rearing. It's just Christian life as a whole. You just got to trust God, all right? One more thing I want you to think about this morning. 11 days or 40 years, you're going to find out it's 11 days or 40 years based upon whether or not you're going to do your own thing, whether or not you're going to obey God, whether or not you're not going to be discouraged but be encouraged in God, whether or not you're going to believe God or not believe God. But there's one more thing that he mentions in this chapter here in chapter number one. And I want you to look at verse number 34. And the Lord heard the voice of your words and was wroth and swear, saying, Surely there will not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land which I swear to give unto your fathers, save, first guy being who? Verse 36, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him will uh, give the land that he hath trodden upon, and his children, because he hath wholly followed the Lord. Also the Lord was angry with me for your sake, saying, Thou, shalt, uh, uh, thou also shalt not go in thither, but, second guy, Joshua, the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither. Now, Churchman, we understand from the other passage of Scripture that the two of these fellows, that the reason they got to go into the promised land is the, from the word because. What's the word? Verse 36, because. The last phrase, verse 36, because why? Because they did what? Last phrase, because they wholly followed the Lord. They wholly followed the Lord. Now, church, I mean, it's 11 days or 40 years, and I'm just trying to tell you that the last thing here that I see in the scripture here is that the reason they wandered for 40 years is because they didn't wholly follow the Lord. You know, as Christians, we have a tendency to compare ourselves to the world because we're not like them. All right, now think for just a moment here. Lost and saved. If you're here this morning, you are one of those two people this morning. All right? The Bible says broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, narrow is the way that leadeth to life everlasting. All right, so there's more people going to hell than there are going to heaven. There are more people blinded by Satan than those who have seen the light. All right? How many saved this morning say amen? amen. All right? Are you glad you're saved? Amen. If you died today, where would you go? All right, you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It's the only way to heaven. All right, we understand that. But we have a tendency as Christians, because we're saved, that we look at humankind, if we're not careful, we look, through, we look through physical eyes instead of spiritual eyes. God only knows if a person is saved, those people that you work with. All right? Some people that you work with probably say that they are saved, but they don't act like they're saved. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. All right? we, say, we, we read the scriptures and we says, the Bible says, by their fruits we shall know them. All right? Now, God only knows, they only know for sure if they're on their way to heaven or hell based upon what they've done with the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's what I'm trying to get you to see. Sometimes we as Christians, we do this comparison thing to justify or to make ourselves feel like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. I'm not as bad as 
And it could be somebody who claims Christ, or it could be somebody who maybe that's a good person that's the lost, all right? But here's what I'm trying to get you to see. There are Christians who are partly following the Lord, but they're not wholly following the Lord, and they're not in the promised land. They're wandering for, in the wilderness for 40 years. Right? You know what we need to do as Christians is, is remember, partial obedience is just as bad. I'm sorry, uh, God's, God's not, I'm sorry, what I meant to say is God's not just looking for partial obedience, he's looking for full obedience. He's not just looking for you to partly, part-time obey God, he wants you to all the time obey God. Now, are there any perfect Christians, yes or no? None, zero, okay? But what we're supposed to be doing is, in the Christian life, is growing in grace as well as striving to be more like him. And I want to tell you, when we just choose to be satisfied with the Christian life that we're doing, but we know it's only partial and not holy, I'm just trying to tell you, that's what causes a person to wander for 40 years instead of being there in 11 days. Hey, I know we're not going to have a glorified body, and the perfect life is not until we get to heaven, Okay. But can I tell you that as a Christian, God still wants us to enjoy Canaan land in the sense of having God's blessing upon our life. How do we have God's blessing? Well, part of God's blessing is your marriage. Part of God's blessing is your children. Part of God's blessing is your ministering, ministering for Christ. All right? That's part of God's blessing that God wants. Now, some people enjoy marriage. Some people don't enjoy marriage. Some people enjoy their children. Some people don't enjoy their children. Some people enjoy ministry. Some do not enjoy ministry. Okay? But can I tell you that when it comes to Canaan land, and again, I, I'm not trying to give false hope this morning or, or teach something that is contrary to Scripture, but I do understand that Canaan land is a picture of where God wanted them. Canaan land is also a picture of what God had for them. Right? Now, as a Christian, God wants you in a particular place, and he has something special for you in your life because that's what God does for us as Christians. There are people who miss where, where God wants them, as well as what God has for them. And the reason they miss it is simply it's, it's these, these reasons. They want to do their own thing. They won't believe God. They won't obey God. They want to partially obey God or partially be in, but not wholly be in. You know, when you go through, the, go, go through these things the children of Israel did, it's the same thing that God's people do. Listen, some of you just do not know how happy you could be in the promised land because you think your happiness is in the wilderness. Now think for me this morning, and I'm about done this morning, but think for just a moment, all right? Let me just say a couple more statements. Would you think this thing through? The children of Israel, I'll ask it as a question. The ones that wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, did they ever really know what they missed? Am I right? Did they ever go into the promised land? No. So did the ones that wandered in the wilderness, did they really ever know what they missed? Okay, now I got a question for you. In the wilderness, did God still give them water from a rock? Mm -hmm. The Bible actually says that for 40 years, God fed them manna, which means, did they eat God's food in the wilderness? Yes or no? Yes. All right, I hope you're catching this this morning. A Christian can be in the wilderness and never know what they're missing. Yeah. Well, I'm in church, and I've got, a, I've got Christian kids, and, you know, I... I um, I, I, have, I enjoy my, my family and my wife and her husband. I, I, okay, I'm not saying you don't enjoy it. I'm not saying that God is very merciful to us. I'm not saying that it's, it's not a blessed life. I'm just saying, is it Canaan? Amen. And truthfully, if you're in the wilderness this morning, you don't even know what you're missing. 
And if you are in Canaan this morning, you're sure glad you're in Canaan. These young people out are down here down the front, girls, you know, you're on the edge of, you know, as far as getting done with high school and, you know, it won't be long for you to get done with high school and then college and more permitting, hopefully find someone to marry you. Uh, I'm sorry, you're what we find and they'll find you. But anyway, somebody will find you and marry you. And you don't have a blessed life. God's fulfillment for your life is not a career. God's fulfillment for life is to be a help me. And of course, what God made you for was to glorify him, do his pleasure. His pleasure is whatever his will is for your life. They're on that edge of man alive, really going into the promised land. And we look at their life and we think, boy, if they, could, if they make one wrong decision, whether it's sin or wrong person to marry, one wrong decision and man alive, they're going to be in the wilderness for 40 years. Can I just tell you something? They're not the ones that are on the edge. Every Christian is on the edge. You're on the edge. You're, you're at Kadesh Barnea at the, at the uh, they would be considered the uh, southern end, and you're, at the, or you're possibly at the Jordan River on the west end, and you're, you're, you're not going to go into the promised land. You're right on the edge. And it's simply because you want to do what you want to do instead of what God wants you to do. You simply just won't obey God. I mean, you look at the children of Israel. They missed out because they were, yeah, they were doing some things right, but they weren't doing all the things they should have been doing right. I want to be in the promised land. And so many times I think, man, I was dumb. Or I messed up or I missed, missed the mark. But I'm just telling you this morning, the wonderful thing about the Bible is, is that we don't have to wander for a literal 40 years because we make a wrong decision. We can turn it around today. Amen. And we can be in God's fulfillment for our life, God's Amen. promised land. Hey, listen, don't just live the Christian life. Live the victorious Christian life. Don't just be in church. Be in God's will. Let God do what he wants in your life.